Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group, and joining me is co-host Hannah Garcia, an associate with the firm. And off we go for our weekly recap. Today is Friday, January 20th, 2023. And up the top, we're going to start with some topics from this week. Um, first is the January 16th interview that Kirk, uh, Mayor Kirk Watson did with Community Impact. Hannah, is any impressions from that? Um, I think he's got a good plan just with his um, single member district plan to kind of say like, um, you know, we're going to do um, things that like benefit the whole city and we're going to incentivize, you know, density um, and, you know, people that are doing the right thing to increase the amount of affordable housing. And so mm-hmm. that money will be then used to increase the property tax base to benefit that single member district. And I definitely think that's going to resonate um, especially with the people that may not necessarily want more development because, you know, that'll improve sidewalks, roads, um, you know, those those pesky potholes in your neighborhood, that'll improve that kind of stuff. And so was, I definitely think go ahead, that's going to resonate. Yeah, it was, it, you know, I know this was not, this was an idea he brought up during the campaign that, um, I, you know, I, I didn't know if it would make it off the shelf. Just I know he had, he had gotten some, uh, some, some pushback from that on the campaign about it but i mean it does get around i think you know we the we were talking about this offline yesterday um, around the last attempt from the city council to do a comprehensive uh, uh, reform of the land development code and you know this kind of gets around that issue i think of the draft the the full-on change we'll see ultimately we'll see how it plays out but it was something i was surprised uh i didn't know if it would make it out of the campaign from from you know just as a concept but Again, as well, the devil's in the details of that. It still needs to be implemented by this council. Yeah, and well, I I think it just goes back to kind of the crux of just speed and doing what they can with what they have. Because um, um, I think this his camp. I think what he's when he came into office, one of the things he really was was big about is we're going to solve problems. Um, we may not be able to solve the biggest problem, but we're going to do things that will kind of ease it a little bit. And so I think the just any changes to the land development code that improve things and allow more density um, and more affordable housing in places that it may not have been allowed before. I think that's that's a win. We shall see. And then speaking of speed, that you know, that's something as well we've heard from several members of council, new members of council rather, about the desire to just move things forward faster, thoughtfully, but just increase the pace and. Um, you know, in, in the interview, I'm just uh, pulling an excerpt. He'd mentioned the question was, while campaigning is community impact, while campaigning, you said you want to bring the city city back to basics. What will that look like? And I'll read the full, it's a pretty short excerpt, but from our mayor, Kirk Watson, we ought to be thoughtful. I think we ought to be careful, but I don't think we ought to be patient in terms of trying to get results. I think we need to push and move at a pace because I worry that sometimes local government doesn't move as fast as what appears everything else is in this town is moving to, or moving from back part, part again. I worry that sometimes local government doesn't move as fast as what it appears everything else is in the city, in this town moving at. So, yeah, I think, we, you know, at least we have a word what's in his head on this uh, again, to another members of council to pursue, uh, to, to get on that plan. But I think we from, from conversations we've had with certain members of the council, that appears to be a similar sentiment. But again, there's the the details of that <laughs> pushing it forward. But you know, and then any other thoughts on that though? Um, I think you know, he's got um a very, very packed two-year term ahead of him. But I think this is a good start because I that was definitely something on the the top of people's mind is how are we going to improve the land development code? 
to ensure that, you know, we can do what we need to do with the city. We can do what we've planned to do, um, city goals and stuff like that. So I definitely think they're on track and I hope that they can execute. And speaking of the two-year term, again, the, the the normal city of Austin mayoral term for all, actually for all members of council is four years. The reason why Mayor Kirk Watson has a two-year term is because of the passage of Proposition D in 2021, I believe, in May of 2021, which moved uh, moved Austin's mayoral election cycles or realigned Mayor Austin's mayoral cycles, election cycles to coincide with the presidential election cycle. So because former Mayor Adler was termed out in 2022 of last of December, um, this term had to be a two year term. And also on that, on that on those lines, the last question in the interview interview from Community Impact was, with a shorter two year term, will you be considering a second? And Mayor Watson stated, "I expect to be running for election." So I think we have our early our first indication of will he, won't he? He will be running for election in 2024, which is just around the corner in a lot of ways. And then you know, it just you think about for those who are council and city hall watchers, you may know this, but. What this election, this last election cycle, I think presented a, the most turnover we've had at one time um, in the modern 10 1 era since, the 20, since 2014. But in, 20, in the 2024 cycle, is going to be more dynamic. We're going to have Mayor Watson up for re election, uh, Council Members Leslie Poole in District 7, Council Member Allison Alter in District 10 are termed out. So those will be open seats. We have in District 4, Chito Vela, who will be running. He's, he's finishing up the rest of now Congressman Rick Asar's term. So he'll have to be running outright for his own four-year term. And then council members Vanessa Fuentes and council member Kelly are up for election. So it's going to be, you know, this was dynamic. It's going to become more dynamicer, more dynamic in the, in the next two years. And you factor in early voting again, and we said this in a few shows, but you factor in early voting. That means we have, Roughly, I mean, prior at this point, maybe a year and five months, and you, you know, you factor people who are going to start campaigning the summer prior of the election cycle. So, you know, spring twenty four, and it's weird to think about that that you know those terms, but this month already flew by, at least for the firm. So it's coming. Yeah, I definitely think um, this is going to go by quick, and so hopefully they're able to, or Mayor Kirk Watson's able to, you know, show some wins um, when he comes back. Yeah. yeah, I think, for, I mean, for, for the balance of council too, I mean, they want to, I think, I think, I, you know, I, I really hope that the increased speed and policymaking um, allow, allows some constructive policies or some constructive actions to be taken. Um, and I'm just, you know, again, the, it's the devils and the details. And um, I, I do think if they, if they increase the pace like that, I'm curious how that ripple is going into future councils. So we'll see in real time and, and you know, we'll get to this in a moment, but council has a first election or first meeting rather next week, their work sessions on the 24th, Tuesday at 9 a.m. And then their first meeting will be on the 26th Thursday at 10 a.m. And we'll have, um, if you follow the BG reads, we have, we'll post the agendas in there um, and also on LinkedIn, but coming back to this week, Austin water. Yeah, a lot of things happened with have been happening with well had happened with Austin Water this last year. Um, the audit finance, the council audit and finance committee held a hearing regarding the report that was conducted by um, on behalf of UT Austin for the city. Um, you want to get just give us some points about that, Hen? I know you're watching it. Yeah. So um, all in all, I think um, Austin Water um, is suffering from things that I think no one could really you know, that the whole entire world is suffering from, and that's retaining employees right now, retaining talent. 
um, just with the market. I think, you know, both the private and public sector are struggling to retain um, that talent and institutional knowledge. And so that's that's one of the things the report highlighted. They need to continue to recruit and retain a skilled workforce uh, and they need to prioritize filling those vacant positions because, um, you know, right now it's um, a lot of the directors are stretched. And so, you know, they're dealing with a lot of reports and stuff can slip through the cracks because of that. Um, you know, they're, they're human at the end of the day. So that's the kind of stuff that will happen. And so one of the things that they're advising is to just, you know, review that structure and communication um, so that when, um, you know, some situations do happen where maybe um, something's happening with the water and they need to um, they need to check it or there needs to be an emergency situation that's escalated and um, acted upon that's when they'll need to start communicating and that's when things can fall through the cracks. And so really it's just um, internal review, I think is what we're going to see and hopefully more um, efforts to recruit and retain workforce from Austin water. Yeah. And it wasn't, I didn't put this initially in our show notes, but it wasn't unique just to Austin water. I mean, there was an article out earlier this week about um, Austin or Austin 911 services, right. Yeah. As well. And you know, it, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's not just Austin Water; it's a citywide in, in project or problem too. But um, similarly, Austin nine one one has been. This has been reported on last quarter, last um, part of the year in twenty twenty two. But uh, call response times, and we saw you know there was we'll put it in the show notes, but there was significant relative for nine one one response times delays on on New Year's Eve in line that's related to staff, right? Yeah. And so it's, um, it's going to be you know. A lot of, I think overall, you know, and it's not unique to Austin with cities, especially with staff shortages. So how the city combat combats that, how the city manager looks at that, we'll, again, we'll see as the year the year unfolds. And then uh, moving on, that's, uh, what, what, what is the other topic we have to talk about today? Show notes back up, these screens open. Uh, yeah, so another item too, council will be taking up some point uh, this year, hopefully in the spring, um, just the uh the results of a resolution study that count that C staff did regarding electric vehicle or C staff rather um some sit boards of commissions took up regarding electric vehicles and code how how the impacts, impacts the building code. I probably slaughtered that a little bit, but Hannah, you can you back me up on that. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're um so the the code that we kind of use for um building codes, it's updated every three years. And so it just wasn't updated back in 2021 when it was implemented to include electric vehicle infrastructure and um, uh, the new green electricity stuff that you can retrofit your buildings with um, now into the land development code. And so um, they will be doing some more um, creation of ordinances to implement that. And um, I'm surprised that we actually hadn't done that just because Austin is so ahead of the game in electric vehicles. Um, like back in 2001, that's when we, we kind of the city started to kind of implement all this great stuff and install the infrastructure. Um, so there's a lot of people already using electric vehicles um, and a lot of um, companies deciding to retrofit their buildings with green infrastructure to like with electric and the regards to electric infrastructure. And so um, I think it's great that the city's getting on with it, too. All right. And then moving on to council's first meeting next week. So. Uh, yeah, the agenda, the agenda has been, the draft of the agenda anyway has been posted since last Friday. It'll be finalized some point tonight. So, we, you know, watch for any new items. But one that caught my eye is one that we know we spoke about last week when Councilmember Fuentes announced, Vanessa Fuentes, District 2 announced it, it was around childcare affordability. So this is, uh, it'll be item 55. We'll have a link to that in the show notes, but approving a resolution relating to the creation, creating an economic development program 
for affordable child care operations, initiating amendments to Title 25 of the city, city code to increase the availability of child care services. And again, this is something we talked about several times the last several, the last few shows, but um, we're, yeah, this is this right here, I think is the clearest policy position we've seen of any council member so far in the new year. I know Mayor Watson announced the creation or for the desire to create a task force um, similarly focused on these issues around affordable child care operations and such. So, and that's, I think that that is expected to be formed and out by some point early February, which is right on the corner. So a lot of focus and probably more to come around uh, child care, affordable child care. And I think this goes to the bigger puzzle of affordability in Austin. So more to come on there. Uh, yeah, any other I, item? Go ahead, Hannah. I think it's great that the, you know, just with what the mayor initially released is his like, um, first priority, it's great to see that the council members are already collaborating. And so um, I hope we continue to see that. Yeah, again, I think it's we'll we'll see in real time next week and onward, you know, definitely by this quarter where, where I think for, for me, I'm really curious where the rest of the balance of council, where their policy priorities are going to be are going to be. And hopefully we'll get signals of that just in the next few weeks. Uh, any other items before we close out for, the, for this week? Um, just in a few other boards and commissions, they're going to be hearing some, um, especially in the design commission. I think that's definitely going to be interesting this next coming week because there's a few high rises that they're going to be hearing. And so um, I'm looking forward to what they'll have to say about that just because, um, and I'm always interested to see what they'll say about density and, you know, huge high rises. So mm -hmm. um, more to come on that. More to come. So thanks for listening to the BG podcast by Bingham Group. Uh, we're based in Austin, Texas, and the BM Group operates at the intersection of business and government. You can learn, learn more about us at www.binghamgp.com. That's B-I-N-G-H-A-M-G-P.com. And you can follow us on LinkedIn and other major social, social media platforms. The BG Podcast is also available on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe and share with your colleagues. Thanks for listening.